we are great relationships pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Joined here with Herman Even. Hey, Paul. Hi, Herman. Listen, as we begin, I had heard a terrible story and quite simply been married for 30 some years and the husband walks in and says, we're getting a divorce. And the wife says, what? And he goes, I'm just simply not in love anymore. I've fallen out of love with you. I hear this all the time. People falling out of love, falling in love. I'm thinking, where's that street? Because I want to fall in that hole and be covered in love dust. Yeah, that's what too many people uh, actually think is involved with love. They think it's somehow this just love dust that comes over them. They, they think that that idea of falling in and falling out of love is real. Isn't it? The <laughs> whole world tells me. It, I mean, is, it is totally unreal. It's a fantasy. Falling in love and falling out of love is a total fantasy. Okay, I think we need to pray before we go on. (laughs) Lord, you are so awesome that you have provided us all that we need for life and godliness. Lord, you have demonstrated what love is, and it's not what we hear from the world. It's not what we hear from Hollywood. It's not what we hear from our friends even. Lord, I pray that we can understand how you want us to do love, how you want us to do relationships, rather than how we are doing it now. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Okay, right before the prayer. And thank you for the prayer. But my head is still pounding on this. Even if I'm at the grocery store, it's right there. So-and-so has fallen in love or so-and-so has fallen out of love. And I know for a fact that this man walked into his kitchen while he was casually pouring his coffee and saying, we're getting divorced. Yeah, I mean, it's, it sells. I mean, it, it sells so much because that is how we would like to believe it to be. In reality, most people have a tendency to think that somehow love happens to you. Uh, wow, that was such a wonderful person. Now I'm in love. No, that isn't love. Okay, well, I feel like we just crossed the opposite sides of the galaxy because we have a great definition. Love is pursuing another's best, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. How do I fall out or fall in of that? Oh, that's a good, good, good question because if you take that as the definition, that totally gives you a very different viewpoint of what love is all about, right? We have these little slides in our group presentation that shows a couple sitting there and then something that looks like love dust <laughs> comes over the top of them. And now we are in love because of this, or the, the bird of paradise flew over them and they became in love. That's, that's really the silliness of that concept of being in love. So there you go. You can call us at 1-800-819-4293 and order the love dust. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It, it, it just isn't there. Now, what what is that? What that is, is attraction. There is this concept of chemistry. There is this concept of seeing somebody because of their beauty, because of their looks that you are attracted to. There is this chemistry that's involved between two people. But that's not love. There's this Havelock Ellis quote that runs around in my yeah. head, right? And he says, love is friendship plus sex. Yeah. Let me give you two more that I just absolutely love. So you're going to see yeah, my gonna, definition gonna, and raise I'm me. I'm going to raise you too. In fact, uh, Nicholas uh, Camfort says, love as it exists in society is nothing more than the exchange of two fantasies. 
and the contact of two skins. Now, that is the reality of what the world really thinks is love. They don't, they don't really sell it that way. They sell it as if you're getting along and, and really doing the best for each other. But that's really what it boils down to. Here's another great one, Maurice Chevalier. Many a man has fallen in love with a girl in a light so dim he would not have chosen a suit by it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds like an alcohol-related uh, incident. Most likely. Most <laughs> likely. So then my question is this. We're not talking about love. We're not talking about love when we're talking about these type of definitions. We're not talking about love when we're talking about falling in and out of love. One of the things, and I understand that people have a tendency to use this in probably with good intentions, but the anytime I hear in the spiritual realm that I'm to fall in love with Jesus, that just almost irritates me. Because that isn't what is going on. What we are to do in our concept of love is love is exactly what we said. What does pursuit imply? It implies an action. It implies a decision. It implies a choice. I am choosing to pursue somebody else's best. It isn't something that just somehow love dust happened upon me. I am making a conscious choice to decide that is the person that I'm going to pursue the best for, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. has nothing to do with the love dust falling on me. Love dust, or I'm thinking I won the cosmic lottery, and yeah. this is my partner today. Yeah, yeah that's, that is unfortunate what happens. So what we end up doing here is uh, we end up having the wrong definition, and we end up living life totally wrong. We live it according to the world's standards, not God's standards. Okay, so I'm back in the grocery store line looking at all these different magazines telling me so-and-so has fallen in love, so-and-so is falling out, having a baby, divorced, all these other things. That's the world, but the Bible's going to tell me something else. The Bible is going to tell you something totally different, which is the very, very important verses of 1 Corinthians 13, verses 5 through 8, which is talking about the 15 components, the 15 elements of love, and it starts off with suffering long and is kind and has all these other 13 elements that support those first two. Which goes back to what you were just saying about it's an action. I am engaged in pursuing. That's right. Which means a choice. And I love the way that that starts off, suffers long. We've talked about that in previous programs, but love is Whoa, not... Whoa, wait a minute. Those lights that were too dim to buy a suit, that had no mention of suffering long. It had, nothing, it had everything to do with satisfaction, flashing my me, getting personal satisfaction at that point in time. That's what, that's what most people consider is love. And that's the reason why romance is so pushed in romance novels, and you hear it all the time pushed as a fix for relationships. Romance is great, but it has its place. It is not love. It is something that is great for a period of time, but it's not going to sustain a relationship for the long term. And we need to consider that love is the thing that will sustain a relationship for the long term. Romance will come and go, but love is there for the long term. So I'm hearing love. I'm hearing romance. I'm hearing choice. So what I'm hearing that's not being said is commitment. Yeah, commitment fits into this whole idea of love because it is a choice that I specifically say, I'm going to choose to make 
my life about seeking and pursuing the best for this other person. That is a commitment. That is a choice. The issue for us is to decide how long is that going to be. And it's easy for us to decide in the moment, and that's the way love works. It's moment by moment. That's how we typically do. Okay, so can you help me break it down how love is a choice? Love simply is a decision. I mean, I've said it here multiple times. It's a simple choice by me looking at somebody else. I don't even have to know them, and I can decide. I'm going to pursue their best, and I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be sacrificial. I'm going to be unconditional. If I have a long-term relationship, I can be continuing to do that, and I hope that we're doing that in our marriages. It definitely is imperative in our work also. Those, those are the things that we don't do it enough in is to seek the best or pursue the best in work. Thank you, Herman. And we're going to go back into this deeper after the break. But in the meantime, go to our website, greatrelationships.com. Or if you can't get to the computer and you don't want to find us and like us on Facebook at GR numeral 8 Relationships, then give us a call at 1-800-819-4293. Again, that's 800-819-4293 or GR numeral 8 Relationships, greatrelationships.com. Thoughts for Great Relationships Your beliefs do not change for the better until you see current reality. Seeing current reality, things clearly, how they really are, helps change our beliefs for the better. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down. www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! Now! GreatRelationships.com. That's GR number eight, relationships.com, the website. Herman, before the break, you were telling me that love is a choice. So my question simply is, well, what about my feelings? They're real. I'm having them. And you're telling me I need to make a choice. That's right. Most people think that when we talk about a choice of pursuing the best for somebody, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally, that we're asking you to be Mr. Spock on Star Trek. (laughs) We're not asking you to do that at all. Yeah, well, I'm certainly not feeling like live long and prosper because, (laughs) candidly, I get this whole fake it till I make it thing going on, and it's making me 
me feel sick. Yeah. I am sick inside. I feel like I'm unclean, that I'm not being honest. Yeah, if we don't understand the model of how three words fit together, think, feel, and act, if we don't understand those three words and how they work together, we're not going to understand how love works. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Thinking is always the best to be used first in any of our approach to life. Think first and then allow that thinking to drive your feelings, which will then drive actions. Now, here's our principle. Think first, then act or feel. But in difficult situations, think, act, feel. That is how we want to be thinking about this. Think first, then feel or act, or act or feel. But in difficult situations, always think, act, feel. Just go right back to your statement on fake it till you make it. That is an interesting statement that I classify as right in approach, wrong in words. It's right in its approach because what it's saying is I want to think in a certain way, And I want to act in a certain way, and my feelings will come along later. I feel like a fake. I feel like a fake. So, for instance, I am am in a relationship, and the person's not treating me well. Let's say my boss is not treating me well. And I can decide I'm going to be kind to him anyway, even though I think he's an absolute jerk. I'm going to be kind to him anyway. I'm going to... Uh, go and anytime I see him, I'm going to smile and uh, offer a, a, a kind remark to him. Well, the fake it till you make it would basically say, you're just being fake. You don't really, really have those emotions toward him. Yeah, that's yeah I'm being two-faced. Yeah, I'm being two-faced. I'm going to tell you that that is exactly wrong. Here's the reason why I'm saying it's wrong. I have a value of kindness. And when I am operating in a way that's mean toward him, I'm being fake then, as opposed to the real me is wanting to be kind. So if I decide I I don't like him, he's a jerk, and I'm going to be kind to him, I'm actually going back to my real values, and I'm acting on real values. And therefore, when I act on those values, I'm giving my emotions a chance to come along at some point in time. So it's not fake it till you make it. I'm actually being real, going back to my real values. That is the reason why I don't agree with the concept of fake it till you make it. I think some people, it will be fake it till you make it because that isn't their values. But in the example I gave you, I am actually being real. I'm not being fake. I do value kindness. I don't value being mean. I value kindness. But Herman, I want what I want, and I want it now of course you do and i do too and and this whole fake it till you make it i mean this person's touching me and i just i don't love them anymore i've fallen out of love i mean this is just all ichazoid to me and i want out i want out yesterday yeah and you want out because your thinking is wrong here's a statement that i that i have heard more than once from people sitting down and talking to them they start using that terminology I just don't have any feelings for them anymore. I just don't have feelings for them anymore. And what I typically say, the little technique that I use is, well, that's pretty well irrelevant. (laughs) And so what do you think shows up on their faces? You know, this look of surprise, this look of, I can't believe you said that. 
And then I come back and say, oh, wait, 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 it's extremely relevant. It's extremely relevant because that means that if you don't have feelings for them, that means that you're thinking poorly about them and you may be thinking positively about somebody else. Oh, very relevant because thinking drives feelings ultimately. Right. And I realize that that's a problem because all of a sudden I start getting my significance from someone or something else. And that's a danger into the relationship. I've let something in that doesn't belong there. But my real question is, so what does God have to say about this? Because I've obviously got people in the National Enquirer dictating to me what's right in the relationship. What does God's Word say? Well, God's Word, we've given it to you multiple times here, 1 Corinthians 13. He is asking all of those 15 elements to be chosen, to be done by you, and the object of your love never has to be worthy. That is what is so powerful about what God has done for us. God's love never expects us to be worthy of His love. He simply chose to do that for our benefit. The person that you're involved with doesn't have to be worthy of your love. It's simply is a decision, a choice that you've made to do that. And hopefully that there will be some response in, in, in kind. How do I make the choice to continue to love? Let me uh, give you a, an illustration that might answer that question. One of the most powerful illustrations that's happened in my uh, working with people. A lady came in and she had already started the papers for divorce. And Louie and I had a chance to sit down and talk with them. And through uh, a, about a three-hour conversation, toward the end of the conversation, we did what's called the magic question, which basically is asking that person to think about this scenario. You go to sleep tonight, and while you're asleep, the problem goes away. It's solved. But you don't know it because you're asleep. And then you wake up the next morning, and you start seeing some things that give you an indication that things are different. What would be one or two of those little things, or maybe even three little things, that you would be doing differently if the problem was solved? Well, almost immediately, this lady came out with, you know what, I'd probably um, hug my husband, and I'd probably go make him breakfast, at least coffee, and when he left work, I'd probably kiss him goodbye. And I said, great. Why don't you just try those three things for the next 30 days and see what happens? Wow. And it just proves again this think, feel, act is the right way to approach life. Well, guess what? This is five years later, and they're still doing great. After 30 days, they came back to us, and she goes, I was just thinking wrong. This is just wrong the way that I've been. I have changed my heart to the place where I am going to be doing those things on a regular basis. So her thinking had changed, and anybody can get into the routine of thinking that we have fallen out of love. No, actually, what you've done is gotten into the flashing me saying, that person is not pleasing me anymore in their appearance, in their actions, or the way that they tr- uh, they are treating me right now and talking to me. That that's what That's what's really happening. It has nothing to do about how you're thinking about them from the view point of what they really are, uh, how they could benefit you. You're just wanting satisfaction out of them in some way. Okay. And I'm clearly not honoring the commitment I made to God. Of course not. To love them unconditionally simply because he asked me. So help me with the application in this because I might not be able to run to your office. And the question might be, 
if it changed tonight while I was sleeping when I woke up, what would I do differently? What would I be doing differently if the problem were solved in my mind? It needs to be simple little actions. that, And that's, that's difficult for most people to be able to come up with those things. That's the reason why it requires some work with most people. In this particular situation, this woman came up with those th- three things. I didn't even have to work with her. It was really amazing. Most of the time it takes... Uh, a, quite a few minutes to be able to pull that off. But it's interesting because the things you said in the example of this woman in your office, I have heard so many times. Well, let's make it even more practical. Go back to my example of talking about the uh, the boss. Why can't I just simply decide to smile at the person that I am having a difficult time with? Why can't I just offer a kind greeting to them? That's the same issue you can change those type of things very easily. It changes your thinking to go back into your values. Thank you, Herman, and we'll talk about that more after the break. We are greatrelationships.com. That's GRNumeral8Relationships.com. Find us and like us on Facebook at GRNumeral8Relationships, or easier still, you can give us a call at 800-819-4293. Again, that's 800-819-4293. We'll be back right after this. Great definitions for great relationships. We have all asked, what is freedom? Freedom is acting without force or manipulation or acting without controlling or being controlled. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And we're back. GR8, the numeral 8 relationships.com is the website, or find us and like us on Facebook at GR numeral 8 relationships. So it's lolly, 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 get your love dust here. Not. <laughs> We've been talking about falling out of love, which means you can fall in love. And I want to know where that street is because I want to drop in that hole and just be covered in love dust. Mm-hmm. Herman, I got a question for you. Well, let's make certain that people understand. Falling in, falling out of love is not right. It's a choice. You know, it's always a choice. That's where we need to be going. And we need to be pursuing the best for others 
patiently, patiently kindly, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Here's the question I've got for you. What advice would you give for someone, a couple, right? Because mm-hmm. we started off the program. They've been married 30-some years. Right. That means they've been to weddings, they've been to funerals, hosted dis- dinners, put kids through college, you know, all mm-hmm. the kinds of stuff. Life happens, and now all of a sudden, Snookums walks into the kitchen, pouring the coffee, and casually looks over and goes, I've fallen out of love with you. Right. I want a divorce. Right. What if I'm having these feelings? What if I'm having these thoughts? What advice? How do I have the freedom? How do I have the security in a relationship to say, I'm thinking I got a problem here. You're supposed to be my best friend, not just my spouse. Mm -hmm. You see my blind spots. How do I come to the person that God has put in my life to talk this over with? Well, it's so actually simple that it just hurts. It's so simple but we won't pay attention to it. The way that you keep love in a marriage is very different than most self-help books will tell you. Most self-help books will tell you, got to have romance. You've got to have, uh, you know, this, this opportunity to really connect with each other from the viewpoint of making it very different. You've got to do things very differently. Uh, here's the two tools, the only two tools that you need for any relationship. The only two tools that you need to make a relationship great is confession and forgiveness. What is more than likely true, and it typically happens, and I have, I have credit in this course at 21 years. You guys, are, you'll hear our, our testimony at some point. At 21 years, Louie and I had been married, and the only thing that saved our marriage was confession and forgiveness. And I'll give you some practical things to hang on to also. But this couple that you're talking about more than likely has gotten a list of things that they have done wrong to each other and a list of things that they have wronged the other person, and they haven't dealt with them. But you're saying forgiveness and confession, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to confess I don't love you, and you're going to say, that's okay, honey, I forgive you. No, No. that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there is a, just get this picture, put this picture, two people walking side by side, and they're walking side by side closely, okay? Got that picture? I've got it. In 36 years of marriage, in 36 years of marriage, those two people are no longer walking side by side closely because there's multiple issues that have separated them. The decision that one of them made that hurt the other, a, a, some, some decision or some uh, words that were said that hurt the other person, and these things have continued to separate them. Okay, so I hear you, and I'm not disagreeing with that. I get that, you know, I just didn't wake up and I no longer love this person. It happened a degree at a time. Right. I could even say the romance went out of our relationship. Is that a choice? Is that something I bring back as part of this confession and forgiveness? Absolutely. What I have experienced every time in my own life and what I see most often in people's lives when they follow this routine is there is a tremendous release from the viewpoint of, I'm so glad I finally dealt with that finally said that to them. I finally have forgiven them so that I'm no longer controlled by that thing in the, anymore. Because confession... Oh, said what? Because I thought you meant the, I don't love them anymore. No, the situation that created pain in their life. It might be that I said something wrong to you and hurt your feelings, and I need to have a chance to confess that, that I, that was wrong. Or you did something to me, and you're not 
confessing for it because you didn't know it was wrong, and I can simply forgive you. All of this, these two tools allow you to get over the past. These two tools allow you to get over the past, and that is what's happened to this couple. This couple has a past of things that are separating them now, and the only way to come back together is for confession and for forgiveness to remove those two things so they can walk side by side again. Okay, but then I also have to get rid of the parasites, as some would say. I cannot be looking to work or to another person or something else for significance. Of course you can. I need to dial back into the person that God brought into my life. And that more than likely is where confession and forgiveness will help you. What made the huge difference in Louie and I's life that allowed us to be able to come back together was confession and forgiveness to clean all the mess out between the two of us and then follow three practical, simple little guidelines on a daily basis. Pray together, share together, and give an opportunity of one thing that the other person could do for you. So each day, Louie and I would get up, we would talk with each other, we'd pray with each other for anywhere from 15 minutes, and it grew to two hours so that we would be able to get into each other's lives again. Well, there you have it. Pursuing another's best, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Great relationships. That's grnumeral8relationships.com, the website. You can find us and like us on Facebook, or easier still, give us a call at 1 800 819 4293. Again, that's 800 819 4293. Great relationships. We're pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Grandpa, you're still married after 49 years. What makes your marriage so special? Barbara and I have only been married a year, and the things that attracted me to her when we met are really annoying me now. Well, it's a big secret, and I'm willing to share it with you, but you're not going to like it. What do you mean? Well, it's not your wife that needs to change. It's your thinking. You need to know Barbara for who she is with all her faults and still love, value, and accept her. Who in the world would do that? Well, Jesus Christ for one and me for another. It wasn't until I realized that your grandmother doesn't like some of the things that I was doing either. Now, mind you, they were the same things I did when we met. That changed my thinking. I figured if she could still love an old coot like me, the least I could do was pursue her best patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Please join us Saturday at 1 p.m. Central when Herman asks us to choose to love, value, and accept others without condition. Even when our own mind is screaming, if they would just change, I'd be happy.